Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. Uh, We will unpack all of the different college football scenarios, talk a little Heisman. Uh, But first, I thought uh, we would talk about a couple of of big sales uh, in the NFL that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, if you've been listening and subscribing, you know that we've had some guests on, so haven't gotten into our usual uh, kind of sales recap. So uh, the first one I wanted to start with uh, occurred last week. Um, it was uh, Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, before the season, uh, a customer placed a $10,000 bet on the Bills to win the AFC East at plus 125 odds. Um, after m- the Monday night loss to the Broncos, um, which I think that made four out of six games were losses at the time, uh, the customer listed this bet for sale on PropSwap for $4,800. Um, the following day, he dropped the price from 4800 to 4500 and a buyer came in with a bid of $4,000 and about 20 minutes after that bid was placed, uh, the seller accepted. This gave buy- the buyer odds of plus 463. Uh, the best price you could find on the bills was plus 400 at that time. Uh, so the seller lost $6,000 on this transaction, Luke, but uh, still better than losing 10000 right? If uh, if you think the uh, the bills are done in the division. Yeah, I, I know that usually these you're asking me these questions to pick a side but like honestly at that price i think that's really good value on both sides like he got half his money back close to and then the buyer gets the best price in the universe on the bills to win the division like i still think there's a shot there i've been in the camp the whole season long that love the dolphins but don't love the injury risk that Tua has i think everyone's just like forgetting about the the you know uh, brain you know the head injuries that he had last year and to me that's very uh, a lot of NFL players once they've had one have had another so um, that just still concerns me with the Dolphins and if he goes down like <laughs> they they basically could you know w- wouldn't surprise me to go two and six two and seven the rest of the season so I, I think it was a great sale on both sides yeah so. I would agree that actually I think the Bills are being a little discounted right now. Um, they got you know decimated with injuries on the defensive side, uh, but I think you know if the backups you know come in start playing, um, you know they can perform better than the than they have been maybe during those those uh, those four losses. Uh, so the Bills and Dolphins both won on Sunday. Uh, however, actually the Bills odds got worse. The Dolphins got more favored. Uh, because so you know the the Dolphins are currently seven and three, the Bills are six and five, uh, and so basically the Dolphins still have one more game to play than than the Bills. Um, and as much as I like the Bills, they've got a great. I think they have the second best point differential in the AFC uh, behind the Ravens. Um, but their schedule is not easy, man. They play at Philly next week, or sorry, excuse me, this week. Uh, then they take their bye week, but then at KC, home versus the Cowboys. Uh, at the Chargers, uh, and then they do, and then they play uh, home versus the Patriots. But then uh, last week of the season uh, at Miami, uh, and so you know maybe that maybe Miami's got a, got their their spot clinched. But those next three games, 
Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. Um, you know, th- those those are not easy games. Um, so, you know, I think I think it was wise for the seller to again losing six thousand dollars not a fun time. But you, hey, you just put four K in your pocket on something that I think you know. I think the Bills can make the playoffs. I, for some reason, they're I think they're they're favored to not make the playoffs. But you know, the Steelers stink. I think uh, the Bengals, Joe Burrow just went down. So I think there's a spot for the Bills in the playoffs. But um, I, I do, yeah, like you said, I, I think it's a, it, it is a good sale for both sides. Um, but, you know, I do not fault the seller at all for saying, hey, I will take a, I will, I'd rather lose 60%, you know, just look at percentages, right? You know, I'd rather lose 60% of my bet than 100% of my bet. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The, the reason why the Bills are such a dog to win that division is their schedule. Like they're they're they can get in and they can be dangerous, but to win their division, that's exactly the problem. Is the schedule is just super tough, right? And and so, and the the Dolphins play the Jets this week. Uh, who and the Jets announced that they are finally uh, benching Zach Wilson um, and uh, Tim Boyle will be the starting quarterback. So if the Bills <laughs> lose at Philly, uh, heading into their bye week. And so that basically, that would mean that then, and the Dolphins win, then the Dolphins are now two games up with five games left to go. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, the Dolphins, it's, even if the, even if Tua goes down and misses some games, um, they may still have a big, a big enough lead uh, where it may not matter for the, for the division. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the next sale I watched, wanted to report, talk about quickly. Uh, this happened two weeks ago, uh, but back in May, a customer placed a $400 two-leg parlay on the Miami Heat to win game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. Uh, if you recall, the Heat uh, were up 3-0 in that series and then lost the next three games. And and everyone just assumed that that you know Miami would, would blow that 3-0 lead and then Miami shot the lights out from from three to uh, to to win the Eastern Conference Finals and and go to the uh, the finals against Denver. So it was it was Miami to win Game Seven, coupled with the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. At the time, the Ravens were twenty five to one. Uh, if the Ravens win, this ticket will collect thirty seven thousand four hundred forty dollars. Uh, and so two weeks ago, uh, this was right after the Ravens um, had their. 37 to three domination of the Seahawks, but before um, the had their 33, 31 loss to the Browns. And then, and then the, the win Thursday night against the Bengals, uh, the customer sold his $400 ticket for $3,120. Uh, so that was a profit of 2,700 uh, or a 6.8 X return and odds of 11 to one for the buyer which at the time was better than every sports book and still is better than every sports book uh, on the Ravens who are, you know, between eight to one or, or nine to one, it's depending on the, uh, on the sports book. So, um, you know, we could, we'll talk more about the, uh, the Ravens uh, and staker swap, but um, any, any just kind of broad thoughts on that, on that sale? Yeah. I mean, really interesting parlay. So in May, of 23 he probably placed a bet for the heat to win just that night it's a single game it's not like it was a future it was just a single game uh leg of a parlay and then added on ravens to win the 2024 super bowl so you know you're looking at uh nine months later (laughs) to cash it so really interesting sports bet it'll never cease to amaze me the combinations that gamblers put together um but that's great. I mean, 7X on your money, and he doesn't have to wait, of course, until February for the Ravens to 
do or do not win this thing. Yeah. You know, it's um you, you always see like hear about stories and see and see tickets where people make these parlays and then the like add on a minus five hundred leg because it's like, oh well, mm-hmm. you know, that's the guaranteed, right? And not really realizing like a how little that minus five hundred leg will, will will help you. It's yeah. so minimal. And it's always the minus five hundred leg that like, you know, is a huge sweat or 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 backfires, right? But in this case, he did the opposite where he threw on a 25 to one leg that he he knew, you know, short of Lamar, you know, tearing his ACL in in, in training camp, like there were that ticket that there was going to be some value there, right? So um that that was going to kind of persist over time. And, you know, obviously maybe he he handicapped the AFC North and said, you know, uh, and just said, you know, I like the Ravens. So uh, it's kind of the opposite of of throwing on that that mm-hmm. huge favorite yeah. leg, and it's it, it it works way better, I think. You know, again, short of you know injury risk, uh, it kind of works better to throw on a a big futures leg at the end, uh, and then you know hope it increases, or or even if it doesn't, you can always you know sell it on on prop swap. Um, so, I think Zach a couple of weeks ago ran through exactly the logic behind that, where this strategy of of betting a long shot like his was um vj singh to win the masters where is vj singh gonna win the masters probably not and you got him at a, i think he said a thousand to one and it's like maybe he's gonna win maybe not but just giving yourself optionality when you are baking in the idea of ability to get out in a secondary market or if it increases in value now that gives you some options as that bet increases in value like this guy this is perfect and to me like like I, you, you discussed we'll talk more on the ravens and staker swap but to sell this in november when the ravens are white hot right now obviously lost to the um the browns a couple of weeks ago but outside of that three or four i mean they're they're a hot team so good timing on the seller yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the ravens and, and staker swap uh, but wanted to switch sports here, talk a little college football. Uh, we are coming down to the wire. Uh, this is the last week of the regular season. And then next week we will have uh, conference championship games. Um, so the first kind of conference race I wanted to talk about was the, the PAC 12 race um, with their, their win on the road on Saturday, Washington has clinched a spot in the, uh, in the PAC 12 uh, championship game, but um, and, and we're recording this before this the the new set of of the college football rankings come out. But um, Washington, you know, undefeated. Uh, you know, they've they've like I said they've won every game that they've had to. It was it was a really rainy game on Saturday and in, in, in Corvallis. But um, Washington has has been on the outside looking in this entire time. They've been like they've been number five. They were number five uh, last week, um, even though again undefeated and behind teams like Florida State. Um, and obviously Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, but behind Florida state and, but yet they're still kind of in the double digit range. So we have this customer who, uh, before the season, he bet, um, $200 at a hundred to one on, on the Huskies. Um, so this thing collects $20,000 and, you know, right now it's hovering around like 1500, 1600, uh, market value, but, um, you know, how would you handicap, you know, Washington's chances again, they're already in and they're either going to play Oregon or there's a very outside chance they could play Arizona, uh, which, you know, completely changes the odds. Uh, also, it'll be interesting to see if the committee deducts 
Florida State for their quarterback uh, being hurt for the year, and, and we'll talk about the second. But you know, um, are, you, are you would you sell on Washington right now at like thirteen to one, or or maybe wait until you know bef- before the, the before the Pac twelve championship game? Yeah. So you know, let, let's just assume that Oregon beats. Oregon State like I'm I guess I'm not understanding why Washington would be double digits relative to Oregon Washington almost 13 to 1 Oregon plus 650 like Oregon still has to beat Oregon State Oregon State's no joke like they almost beat Washington they're a good team they of course have you know the former Heisman hopeful of DJ Wagalale from Clemson like they have a they have a legit quarterback so you know it's it's interesting the odds are priced like that I get Oregon's a better team, but you know, it's, it's not a, not a seamless road for them to get there. Yeah, it is. It is interesting, right? Yeah. Like you said, Oregon plus six fifty, Washington uh, plus 1300 uh, and Washington beat Oregon. Uh, however, I think a lot of people assume, and I'm kind of in this camp that, you know, that was a very close game in Washington. And if they were to have a rematch on a neutral field in, in Las Vegas, uh, Oregon, would be the favorite and, and, and would, and would win that game. Uh, but that, that is a big disparity for uh, a team that has to beat Oregon state. Now, yeah. granted, I think Oregon's like a two touchdown favorite or, or close to it. Um, but that is a big disparity. So um, it sounds like if you were holding on to this ticket, you would say, let's just, let's, let's wait for this Oregon, Oregon state game, because there's a chance that we could be playing Arizona uh, in the, in the Pac-12 championship versus Oregon. Correct. Yeah, those odds should be flipped, in my opinion, unless I'm missing something. And like in-state rivalry games, like who knows? You never know how that's going to go. It's always a very heated game when uh, in Oregon playing Oregon State, Arizona playing Arizona State, etc. So yeah, I think those odds should be flipped. So that's yes, I would be waiting until we know the outcome because um, I think there's a 35 percent chance Oregon State wins that. Yeah. No, that's that's a, that's a fair point, right? Uh, I I would agree. I would say. I would I would hold I would hold on to that Washington that twenty k Washington ticket until uh, we know the result of that game Friday night. Uh, switching to the SEC, um, Alabama after a really rocky start uh, has found themselves firmly back in in the hunt um, after their loss to Texas uh, and then only a ten point win over South Florida, which. Honestly, it was a, it's, it, the game felt closer than ten, than, ten, was, than a ten point win. It was a it was a. Yeah. I, I thought South Florida was going to win that. I remember texting you guys and a, a couple other like betting group chats. I'm like, South Florida's going to beat Alabama right now. That was they were dominating. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I mean, South Florida I think scored seven points in that game. So I mean, it's not like you know uh, they were moving up in the, the ball up and down the field. But uh, so yeah, after that South Florida game, Alabama was 45 to one to win the title, uh, and they were plus 850 to to reach the playoff. Uh, as of this recording, Alabama is now plus seven fifty to to win the title, and they are uh, plus one forty five to reach the playoff. Which that's that's uh, yeah, we'll get to the, we'll get to this in a second. I, th- I mean, there's no reason why you should be betting Alabama plus one forty five to reach the playoff uh, versus just betting them to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, so. Uh, Alabama now uh, they are now a 14 and a half point favorite over Auburn on Saturday. Um, and the, the SEC championship matchup is set. The, the two division winners have clinched. It's going to be Alabama, Georgia. 
and Alabama is only a plus 135 money line underdog uh, to to Georgia. So um, it's kind of crazy uh, that Al- that we're talking about Alabama once again. But um, you know, how would you? It gets it's gonna be a close game. But uh, how would you fare Georgia versus Alabama in that in that SEC championship game? Yeah, I mean, I've been on this podcast multiple times saying I don't trust Jalen Milrow at all. He's getting better. Like, he's certainly improving as the season is going on, but that guy stinks at throwing the ball. Really good runner. If Tommy Reese, the Alabama's offensive coordinator, former Notre Dame offensive coordinator, like, if he can play to those strengths, which over the past five or six games he has in his defense, like, he has figured out how to get Jalen Milrow five rushing touchdowns or you know he's literally had like I think he said maybe four in one game so he is working on that but I just don't think that you're gonna be able to do that against a Georgia defense they've they feel like they draft like six NFL starters every year off that Georgia defense so yeah I I don't trust this team at all I, I haven't liked him from the start I watched the whole Texas game they look terrible again in the South Florida game they look terrible I just I don't trust their quarterback enough yeah um it felt like Georgia was kind of sleepwalking through the first part of the season. Uh, you know, only a 10 point win against South Carolina. I want to say they were like losing or tied at halftime, only a seven point win against Auburn. Uh, but then kind of ever since that Auburn game, they have kind of they have flipped the switch. Uh, Brock Bowers was hurt, but now he's, he's back in the lineup, but you know, 51, 13 over Kentucky, uh, 43, 20 over Florida, 30, you know, 21 against Missouri, but Missouri is a good team. Uh, and then they just throttled uh, Ole Miss 52-17 and then also throttled Tennessee 38-10. So uh, it seems like Georgia is they're, – they're locked in right now. So um, I would I would favor uh, Georgia in that matchup as well. Also, I just – I just, I'm just, even though, even though Georgia's the back-to-back champions, I'm just, I'm just tired of seeing Alabama in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and and look, like if they were dominating and this was a normal Bama team that's rolling Texas and like beating South Florida by 50, like okay, like let's have that discussion. But like it's not that team this year. And like all of a sudden, we're taught, we've been taught over the last decade, every game is a resume builder. And each game that you stink, that should be points off of your resume because at the end of the year, we got to pick four and there's going to be tiebreakers. If you have, you know, each team has one loss or each team has no losses that we have to thing you. And like all of a sudden, just because it's Bama, we're going to look past that they stunk for the first half of the season. Like to me, it's it's BS, like just because they have the brand and they are talented that. We're just going to look past it. I get it. If Look, if they knock off the number one team, Georgia, in the SEC championship, okay, that's a, that's a little bit of a different discussion. But so far, like, I don't I don't know why we're just, like, baking in that they should be back. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to have to prove it on the field. Um, yeah. Uh, and it will be also be interesting. I would hate it if, if Alabama wins that game and then – but Georgia stays in the top four. Um, I would I would hate that. But mm-hmm. – um, Good and point. then th- that, there is not enough time sure. in this podcast to talk about the the Big 12 championship game scenarios. Uh, but basically, I mean, Texas controls their own destiny, but um, it's it's a laundry list of, of different scenarios of, of who of who Texas could possibly play um, in that in that game. Um, then then just the last thing. Yeah, Florida. This kind of stuck out to me. And again, I, I don't know the backup situation, but the Florida State quarterback, Jordan Travis, uh, he's done for the year really nasty uh, leg injury on, on Saturday night. I would not suggest pulling up a replay of that, of that um, injury, but now I have to, <laughs> uh, despite 
him being done for the year, Florida State still a six and a half point favorite at Florida on Saturday. And then um, the ACC championship game uh, is also set. Uh, they're playing Louisville, Florida State's playing Louisville, and Florida State's a five and a half point favorite over Louisville in the ACC championship game. So, um, again, haven't done the the research, but it will be interesting to see if the committee basically moved Florida State down from the four spot just purely based off of the off the injury. Because I want to, I do think that the the committee they've said this before, the pick teams based on also like who they think can win. Like the, they will factor in, even though, even if Florida state, let's just say wins these games or like they will, or, or just, or just, you know, this week they're still undefeated. uh, But the committee can factor in the, the, the fact that the quarter, the starting quarterbacks injured and um, you know, that's going to, that could hurt their potential in the playoff because guess what? They don't want to put a team in there with that's going to get smoked because the backup quarterbacks playing. So, um, you know, do you think, it's safe to write off Florida state for those reasons, you know, any, even just the fact that they could lose one of those next two games, but Florida state, even though they're, uh, you know, technically in the top four, they are now 30 to one. So, so they're, they're favored in these next two games, but yet they're 30 to one to win the championship, which leads, leads me to believe that the sports books are saying the committee is going to ding them for this injury. Yeah. Look, there's there's not a, an easy answer to this question. If I was a Seminole and I went to that college, I would be beside myself if we go undefeated and we don't get to go to the playoff. But on the other hand, we are in the entertainment business and nobody wants to lock, you know, tune in to a an absolute route because Florida State's backup is playing. So I totally get both sides. Unfortunately, I think I've learned in this business that like this is entertainment. This is not always about competition and the better ratings is is the winner because you know the the large source of revenue for these schools is the tv ratings and if you have a crappy tv rating in one year because you put up a team that you know had a backup in it's going to suffer for the next year so unfortunately i think you gotta keep them out but like i said i would just be just beside myself if i went to that school and we literally did everything you possibly asked us to do and now you're going to leave us out of the playoffs so yeah, it's unfortunate. Now, I would say, Ian, I, I was thinking about this this morning because I knew that we we're going to talk about this tonight. Like, just because they're 30 to 1, I don't know that that necessarily means the bookmakers think they're not going to get in. It's just like, even if they do get in, they're going to get crushed. You know, that, that could be the case. Right. And so uh, the odds to make the playoff, they're plus 130. Now, oh, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, both, I mean, also, first of all, if you, if you look at, I'm currently looking at FanDuel's odds to make the playoff. They've the, the these so uh, we're going to get to this in a second. But so there's basically eight teams that I think ha- that have a shot, and and this was noted in our in our last week's uh, prop swap newsletter, uh, which you guys should uh, all subscribe to if if, if you haven't. Um, go to propswap.com to to register. Um, so there's eight teams, and the highest odds of those eight teams is Washington at plus one seventy. Hmm. It's like Georgia. So I I can just rattle them up. Georgia minus three sixty, Michigan minus two sixty, Oregon minus one eighty, Ohio State minus one hundred five, Texas plus one twenty five, Florida State plus one thirty, Alabama plus one forty five, Washington plus one seventy. Something feels feels kind of off there. That yeah, that yeah. that plus one seventy is the the highest price of eight teams and only four slots. So, um, so yeah, that is mm-hmm. weird. That favorite of these next two games 
but 30 to one to win the championship, but then plus 130 to make the playoff. Um, something's not not adding up there. Uh, but all right, uh, we'll put a bow on on this topic. Um, give me your your prediction for who the four teams in the playoff are, are going to be. Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Bama. So, so you've got Georgia and Bama in there. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think Bama will beat Georgia just because Georgia doesn't care. And then they'll they expect to be in because they've won two in a row. And then they'll sneak it. It's, this happens all the time. It's, it's an SEC world, and we're just living in it. Man, I really hope you're you're wrong about that. Um, my four, and this is the four that I basically just like want to see: Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. Th- those are the four I I, I want to see. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. agreed in terms of who I yeah. want to see. Yeah. Except I flip. I like Ohio State more than Michigan, so flip that. Even though I was born a Michigan fan, I don't know why I've moved away from that. I, they're just not exciting enough. I guess is my problem with them. And Ohio State is, uh, yeah, so whatever. Uh, I, I, like, like I said many, many times, uh, I, I grew up a Michigan fan. Whole family went to Michigan. Uh, and so um, that is definitely my adopted second school behind uh, Arizona. Um, and then, all right, so before we get into uh, stake or swap, just want a little uh, housekeeping note um, because baseball loves to, uh, you know, <laughs> do these types of things uh, weeks after the season's over. But the awards were, uh, were announced last week. Um, won't go through all of them, but Blake Snell uh, was the NL uh, Cy Young winner. And we, we've talked about this sale before in the podcast, but I thought it was worth bringing it up again. Uh, in late June, a PropSwap customer placed a $500 bet on Snell to win the NL Cy Young at 50 to 1 odds. Uh, and then on September 6th, uh, that customer sold their ticket on PropSwap for $15,500. So that was a 30x return for the seller and the best odds in the country at the time for the buyer uh, and then of course last week snell won the award so the buyer netted a profit of ten thousand um, dollars and mind you I, I know this for a fact that seller had multiple tickets on snell so not only did he make a profit of 15k 30x on that sale but he also was able to uh, cash some winners as well so uh congrats to both the buyer and the seller uh, on those uh, transactions. But that also uh, leads into our trivia question um, of the week, or as I like to call it, uh, Luke learns. Um, Blake Snell uh, is now a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Uh, He also won it in 2018 with the Rays. He is the seventh pitcher all time to win a Cy Young in both leagues but only the second left-handed pitcher to win the Cy Young in both leagues. Who is the only other lefty to to do that? And I realize that sounds more daunting, but the answer to this question is a very famous, or I should say, you know, well-known, successful left-handed pitcher uh, that has done well in, in both leagues. thinking i'll give you another hint uh there was a a viral one of the teams is that can you give me one of the teams um i think that would let me i think that would ruin it 
he there was there was a viral Halloween co- couples costume um, where it was uh, oh Randy the, Johnson the, yeah oh wow I what AL team I don't he, even know well, he, no, he well he he started his career with the Mariners oh he, he was yeah he was of yeah. why do I think of him as such a D back yeah of course he was well, on the Mariners so yeah so Randy Johnson he won the AL Cy Young with the Mariners in 1995 he then won it four years in a row with okay. the Diamondbacks I'm, okay. From 1999 to 2002, I, I was flabbergasted that he won it not only just four times, but four times in a row uh, with the D-backs. But yeah, I mean, Randy Johnson was part of those Griffey, you know, yeah, uh, of course. Mariners teams. I mean, I we we had this like debate in college all the time. Like, if there was one pitcher that you would not want to go against, and we were all righty for whatever reason, it was like six of us in a house at, in college. Like, we we're all righties, so like, just imagine that fastball starting out on the other side and just zooming towards your like your hands like i don't know that there's another pitcher that i would not like to go against than randy johnson like i would just be so afraid standing in that batter's box yeah yeah they didn't call him the big unit for uh for nothing um so uh yeah the thank you for uh for playing along um and so uh with that uh it is now time to get into a little steak or swap first up we will be talking about the aforementioned baltimore ravens uh currently eight to one to win the super bowl at DraftKings. uh luke we will start with you first are you staking or swapping the ravens i am swapping this team i have never been a fan of of their offense in the playoffs specifically. I like their offense in the regular season, but in the playoffs, when you have to go against a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, uh, now, you know, don't go against Burrow. Now I just don't trust their offense when they get down by 13 points or, or 17 points worst case. So that's point number one. I don't trust this team in the playoffs when they get down early. And then point number two, I don't, I immediately posted Ravens Super Bowl futures when the Mark Jackson news Went down. Um, uh, sorry, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Mark Andrews, excuse me, the tight end for the Ravens. Um, when that news came out that he's done for the year, like to me, and this seems like there's still a little bit of debate that he's going to be, but like it's November 21st, he's going to be done. Um, I just feel like people are underestimating his relevance to that offense. I just don't think a Zay Flowers or an Odell Beckham who's made of glass is going to be able to shoulder that workload. So. I just have massive concern about their passing attack and I don't trust them in the playoffs anymore. Um, I'm staking the Ravens. Uh, I, I agree with you about, about Mark Andrews. He, he's super important to that, to that offense. And um, you know, these stats I'm about to, the, that I'm about to give, you know, are kind of more about previous history. May, you know, we don't know what the impact's really going to be with, with Andrews out, but um, look, last week I stated my case on Lamar Jackson uh, to win the, to win the uh, MVP. I still feel all about that. The other QBs in the AFC North, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Jake Brownie, and Kenny Pickett, right? Those are the other quarterbacks. And honestly, I think Kenny Pickett might be the worst of those three. Uh, So my point there is like (laughs) the, the are in complete command of, of the AFC North. I'm honestly shocked. It's only minus two twenty. I would maybe even, you know, I I get the Browns are good. The defense is is incredible, but I Mm. think the Ravens are going to win that division. Sure. Uh, the Ravens have the best point differential in the AFC and tied with Dallas for the best in the league at plus 127. Uh, they are ranked fifth 
in third down conversion percentage, which I, I always love that stat because, you know, keep, it just kind of keeps possession, keeps, yeah. uh, you know, your defense resting. Um, you're only behind the Eagles, Bills, Cowboys, and Chiefs in that stat. So that's, that's good company to, uh, to be behind. Um, and then here's a, a stat that I like. The Ravens have trailed for a total of 32 minutes and 15 seconds this season. Only the 1998 Broncos have trailed less through 11 games, and they went on to win the Super Bowl that, that season. So, um, again, we don't know what the impact of the Andrews injuries is going to have, but uh, everything that they've done so far um, makes me you know, still, still like them. And like I said, the AFC North, the quarterbacks are just dropping like flies. Totally. I, every time I watch them play football, I miss Roquan Smith more um, as a Bears fan. He's, he's the new star of, of the Ravens defense. Now, granted, um, Tremaine Edmonds, our new linebacker from the Bills, is killing it. So he's been a nice replacement. I think we're paying him less money than the Ravens are paying him. And, um, a friend of ours to the pod, Mark Schindler, has said that um, he thinks that Roquan will be gone from the Ravens next year. So they had him for a year and a half, but still, um, he's just the leader of arguably the best defense in the league, maybe behind the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a quote about like, he's like, I'm just glad I'm not, my career is being wasted or whatever in, in Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, what a, right. what a and then, joke of a loss. Last point of a lowly Bears fan. They 99.5 win percent um, probability and the Bears just blow that in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, granted the best case for the Bears right now is Justin Fields as well. We have some trade value. You get rid of them draft to Caleb Williams or you know Drake May but still just what a what a bears way to lose that game in Detroit that's that's interesting you said about about fields we, we, we we'll talk about that another time but yeah. um but yeah just the most the most it's funny Detroit usually is the team that that loses those yeah. types of games but um but yeah a very bears loss there uh and then next up uh gonna go back to college football talk a little Heisman trophy action um, Jaden Daniels is now your new Heisman Trophy favorite at minus 125 odds. Uh, that's at both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, I will go first. I am swapping uh, Daniels to win the Heisman. Um, a lot, I saw a lot of people call it, and they were correct. Um, Brian Kelly purposely ran up a score and tried to pad Daniels' stats against Georgia State on Saturday. He never came out of the game. Uh, and he threw for six passing touchdowns and ran for two more touchdowns. Uh, but LSU only has one more game, uh, and it's at noon Eastern uh, against Texas A&M on Saturday. Meanwhile, as we discussed, Bo Nix uh, has a Friday night primetime game against Oregon State. And if he win that, they'll be playing Michael Penix and Washington the following Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game. So similar, similar to what I was talking about last week with Lamar Jackson and primetime games, that matters for awards, right? There'll be way more people watching just even this Oregon-Oregon State game than there will be watching the LSU game. And his stats are are very close in a lot of regards. So, um, and LSU doesn't have a chance to to play uh, next week in this championship game. Marvin Harrison Jr. will also be playing in front of a national audience uh, Saturday against Michigan and possibly the Big Ten championship game. Um, but look, after LSU's loss to Ole Miss uh, on September 30th, Daniels was 35 to one um, to win the Heisman. So if you got any sort of double digit or even like, I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've seen some eight to ones, nine to ones. If you got any sort of decent number and now you could sell it at minus money, uh, I'm taking that all day and, uh, and I'm selling high on, on Daniels. This is 
this Heisman race, like I said on last week's episode with Reed, is one of the most difficult to handicap. But I will stake Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman. I was reading uh, Doug Kazarian's article this morning about how Johnny Manziel uh, won the Heisman on a three-loss team. Um, so there is precedence to uh, be a quarterback on a team that doesn't essentially go to the CFP and, you know, still win the Heisman if you have a really good year. So I guess my my bet would be, you know, and I, I think that Oregon will win next week, but it's, it's still going to get through Oregon State, which I've said is not a lock. So I just feel like, and Marvin Harrison, he went from six to one last week to 50 to one this week to win the Heisman. So he's basically out. And Michael Penix has got a shot. So I still, if I were making the bet right now, I would still stake Jane and Daniels. Um, just because, like I said, there is some precedence to him, precedent, excuse me, for him to win the Heisman, even though he hasn't m- made his team, you know, elite and going to the CFP. So, um, yeah, but like I said last week, one of the most difficult races to handicap in all the sports, like futures on anything, this Heisman race is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, look, uh, so, I mean, yeah, Caleb Williams won it last year without going to CFP, but he at least made it to the conference championship game. Uh, and, you know, uh, I don't want to get into story time here, but this kind of reminds me of how um, the uh, the famous Lamar Jackson sale when he's in mm-hmm. Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy, he bought he bought the ticket on PropSwap for $4,000. Uh, and then uh, Lamar, Louisville wasn't in the conference championship game, yeah, but Deshaun Watson was. And he got and he got cold feet. Now, obviously, Jackson still went on to win. But the point there, though, is that not playing on that last week when your competitors are playing, you know, it's it uh, it can make it can make you nervous. Uh, and so and and I have to double check. The, I don't know if they changed the rule that, that the votes have to be in before the coverage championship game. But no, um, no, the votes are uh, submitted after the conference championship game. I looked it up. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So um, and, and you and to, and to your point about. Harrison's out of it. I actually think that adjustment to 51 is, is an overreaction and I agree. it pains me to say this, but he does have a chance because if he balls out against Michigan and then the big Ted championship game, that 50 to one is going to look totally. real nice. Totally agree. And I talked about this on the air in ESPN Chicago. Like if there's any variable where the voters are pricing in, who's going to look the best as a pro, like it's not even close. Like, yeah, it is so obvious that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the best pro of those four guys. So, I like Bo Nix might not even get drafted. Might, he could be like a Jason White situation. Yeah. So, uh, a lot is riding on uh, on on this weekend's games uh, for for sure. So, um, that will do it uh, for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating, and we will talk to you next week. 